Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast with me, Gemma Bullivant, and my co-host, Fiona Craig. This podcast is for HR professionals and people-focused leaders from any function who want to think, act, and feel naturally more strategic. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Strategic Leader. Hello, Jem. Hi, Beffy. I'm greeting you, Gemma, but I think we do need to have a conversation about the fact that we should be greeting our listeners because uh, we're now in episode, well, I'm not quite sure what episode we're in now, but we have stats, do we not? We do. We have more than one person listening. We have. First, first of all, I thought I knew we had one because I'm married to him, um, <laughs> but it would appear that we have more than one, <laughs> which, which is, is really fantastic. Great Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have been getting some really good feedback. And so when we first started this, we were somewhat speaking into a bit of a void and and taking a bit of a leap into the unknown. But it does appear that one or two people are tuning in. So hi there. And thank you for tuning in. (laughs) We've decided to address you as our listener, because uh, for now, we're just comfortable with the idea that there's one. But we know you're there. We know you're listening. And we're really, really grateful. So welcome. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about, Fee? Well, I have come across, you know, we talk a number of times about how as a strategist, we love a framework, we love a, uh, you know, an acronym, or we love a model. And I've got one today, the three A's of strategic thinking. And this has come from an article in Harvard Business Review. And it's talking from exactly the same place that we've set up this podcast to address, which is that people are sometimes labelled strategic, not, uh, sorry, tactical, not strategic, which is, um, you know, a, a silly label, really, it's totally arbitrary. But for those people that are trying to actively become more strategic, this can give you a framework to work through to think about, what are the skills and the personal development um, roads that I should be exploring? Partly because I will need to add things in and um, build new skills, but also to help you recognize the things that you are doing already. And that's very much where we want to be with this podcast, isn't isn't it, Gem, in terms of being naturally strategic? It is. It's, it's a really helpful reminder to us that we are strategic in our very essence. And sometimes we deny ourselves the permission to accept or acknowledge that. And that really it's about working out what that actually means and what it is that we're doing already so that we can then more intentionally do them going forwards. Yeah. And I think that word intentional is the the key, isn't it? Because uh, if you were to say someone, are you strategic? they'd probably greet you with a bit of a blank face. But if you break that down into a series of qualities, it's a lot easier to get your head around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a model which with a snappy title of the three A's. Oh. And um, as we will probably discuss many times, sometimes these words don't ring meaningful or true to you, but just take the idea or the shape of them. And if you want to label them as something else, then then please do. So this model has got three elements to it. And the three A's are as follows. Acumen. Acumen. No, it's a great word, isn't it? How, which is basically how do you think? So number one, acumen, how do you think? Number two, allocation, which is how do you plan? How do you plan and use the resources? And number three is action. What do you actually do? 
So those are our three big headings. And within those three, we've got a number of ideas. And I truly think that as we go through, you will be able to recognize those things that you are currently doing and currently quite strong at. And those things that perhaps need a bit more thought, a bit more intentionality and a bit more work. That, that sounds happen? that sounds great. So let's dive in then with Acumen. Tell us a little bit more about what the article suggests on Acumen and then let's explore it a bit. Sure, absolutely. So Acumen has got kind of three elements to it and they, they sort of go in order. One, the first of which is context awareness. So how aware are you of your internal context at work. So this will be things like the values of your organization, the culture of your organization, the way we behave around here, the way we get things done, and then also external context. So what is the competitive environment? What's the economic environment? What are, what are our regulatory requirements? So having an awareness of the context that you're operating in both internally and externally. So that's the first one, building a, con a contextual awareness. And you can do that through trade press. You can do this from industry shows. You can do this from following uh, relevant people on uh, LinkedIn or um, other social media. You can do this from reading kind of strategic documents or, or um, annual reports. There's lots of different ways that you can build this contextual awareness, reading the news even. I mean, you know, just understanding the economic environment we're in is is one of the key things. So, so it sounds a bit like we're trying to get a, a, an understanding of the current reality and any kind of also understanding of where that current reality might be leading towards as a business. Yeah. Absolutely, it is. It is the reality, and when you say leading towards, that's that's a really great that's a really great setup, <laughs> I might say, because that takes us very nicely into the second of the three things with an ah. acumen, which is using that context to develop some insight. So basically, what does that context mean? Given this environment on the outside, given this cultural significance on the inside, whatever it might be, what does that mean for us trying to move forward? So it's it's making some meaning of what you've learned with the context and bringing some insight. What this means is, so if we are looking at an environment where we have increasing way, you know, if we have wage inflation, say, we know that that's the case. What does that mean in terms of how we approach pay rises internally or bonuses internally this year? Using that context to inform the decisions that we're starting to think about on the inside. Or if we know that there's a talent shortage in one area or another, um, what does that mean in terms of how we start to think about building up our bank of developers or our, our you know, our bank of salespeople? This sounds a bit like the the so what of mm. our favorite, favorite. my my favorite my favorite <laughs> model of what so what now what which if you haven't heard us talk about that that is definitely in one of our previous I think it's in our very first yes. uh, I feel, I feel episode a, I feel a t-shirt coming on for that one really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The so what, which is, okay, so the first thing that we do is we just determine what is going on, but yeah. then we actually spend some time figuring out um, and why is that relevant, important, or something that I should spend my time thinking about and, yeah. and looking at. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great. And then actually, the third one within Acumen, how we're thinking, is around how we take that meaning, that so what, 
and turn that into innovative thinking. So that gives us our now what? So what are we going to do as a result of it? So actually that is, I love it. I love it when a model comes together. So, <laughs> so yeah, how we're thinking, contextual awareness leads to insight, which leads to innovative solutions to the problems that you've identified. So how do we use the insight that we've gained to then come up with really clever solutions? And we want to be challenging ourselves to say, you know, am I am I truly confident about the context that I'm working in, particularly the external con- context? Am I confident that I know what our market is doing or I know what our region is experiencing? Am I really pushing myself to be able to talk confidently on that subject? And if not, what can I do to get that information? Am I taking what I've learned and going, okay, so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for people in our situation? And then how can I use that to solve the problems that we're facing with? So those are kind of questions we can ask ourselves to say, do you know what? Some of these I'm doing, some of these I'm all right at, and others I'm going to need to spend a little bit of time thinking about how I can do it more intentionally uh, or get some support on them. Well, that is fantastic because if at the start of this uh, you'd said to me, do you feel, Gemma, mm. that you have strategic acumen? Because that's the sort of thing I say to you all the time, isn't it? <laughs> of course. Um, do you have strategic acumen? Yes. But yeah. That feels like that's a, a, that's that feels kind of a bit out of reach. That feels a bit complicated, clever. That feels like you're asking me if I'm intelligent. Because um, the word acumen you have already said that these words are somewhat in order to fit into a nice, neat 3A yes, package. Yes. But the idea of acumen sounds a little bit big, doesn't it? But actually what you've just described, in my simplistic terms, is the what, so, what, now, what framework. Yeah. <laughs> have you trumped my model with one of your own? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> But that makes me feel like, okay, no, I get what, so what, now what. Mm. Therefore, I do tick that acumen box. And that's a perfect example of naturally strategic. You just didn't quite figure out that you were because some people like me use very clever words. <laughs> and some people like you use much more straightforward words. And actually, we're talking about the same stuff. Yeah. So we, we will have these resources and these skills within us. We perhaps just don't know what other people call them. You know, I think that's great. Else, so. I think that's great. So, so move on then to uh, allocation. Let's, yeah, allocation. I mean, this is another utterly random word if you think about it, but this is about how you plan. So thinking about the first thing, so two elements within, or three elements within here, the first of which is how do you focus resources? So resources are always finite, right? So time being a really obvious one, money being an obvious one, but you might also be thinking about you know, how many FTEs you've got or how many project managers you've got or some other kind of resource, how many training positions you've got or how many laptops you've got or, you know, anything. There there are going to be resources that are finite. And so um, thinking about how you allocate resources and how you plan to put them in the right place is something you can spend a bit of time thinking about. Are you spreading it all too thin? Are you kind of cover, hedging your bets and covering everything, but covering everything too thin? Or are you thinking confidently about this is where best to place my resources? And that links very closely to the second one, which is around decision making. So 
um, are you just going with like the obvious decision? Are you just going with the status quo? Are you going what somebody mm. tells you? Or are you thinking, well, hang on a second, what are the alternatives here? What are the other ways that we could resolve this? And what would that mean about how we would allocate our resources? Bearing in mind that once you have alternatives, you have trade-offs. So what are the risks of this approach versus that approach? What are the trade-offs of maybe time over money of, mm. of the alternatives? Because once you are able to think in those terms, you can you can put this information on the table and discuss it. So you can say, well, the value of doing A is that it works for us in terms of cost. But the trade-off is maybe around quality or timing. And just getting that on the table, because any solution you're going to want to have all the time in the world, all the quality in the world and all the budget in the world. But that that isn't real life, is it? So being able to discuss those trade-offs and the attendant risks that come with putting your resources in, in specific places rather than just trying to hedge your bets and, and cover all your bases and possibly miss all of your targets. Hmm. And that's making me think of that that key aspect of strategy around it's as much about what you don't do as what you do do. Yeah. In oh, terms of fire today. It was yeah. You know. yeah, very much so. Very much so because we can't do everything, right? So it's about, well, which ones are we going to do? Yes. And sometimes reaching that decision is one of the hardest parts of the whole thing, isn't it? Because it's really actually quite hard sometimes to deprioritize something because typically we've got lots of urgent needs important needs or fantastic ideas mm. and how do you kind of grapple with the idea of actually not doing some of those because mm. we literally don't have the resources to do all of them yes and that whole kind of idea of thinking about the allocation thinking about the resources that we have available thinking about the people we've got the bandwidth that we have the time that we've got available maybe the budget that we've got yeah and then thinking about some of the risks of doing things or not doing things can really help us reach the decision of what to do and what not to do in yeah. terms of that prioritise and deprioritise. Yeah, very much so. And it, that then that takes us on to the third part of allocation, which is something I must admit I had not really thought about, but it's really interesting, which is around, which is competitive advantage. So one of the definitions of competitive advantage is, is the configuration of resources that creates value for customers. So Ooh, it's say, you... say that again, say that again. <laughs> Sorry, not too many clever words in one sentence. <laughs> configuration of resources creating value for customers. So how you put your resources together that creates additional value for, well, customers, but also I suppose it could be other stakeholders. So it could be for staff, it could be for shareholders. So what is the best combination of those resources that's going to really deliver additional value to those key stakeholder groups ah yes combinations of time or money or manpower or uh, you know or budget or training certain combinations are going to have more value than others looking at that decision making looking about the allocation of resources and consciously going what are the alternative route alternative routes we could take and what's the value that each of those is going to generate because some of those are going to give you a competitive advantage and some aren't. So those last, so the two points that came um, after the first description of allocation was mm -hmm. about ways in which you can decide what to do with your allocated resource. 
in other words, you've got the risk of doing it, not doing it, and sort of, you know, the those that factor on the one hand, but you've also got the the value of doing it or not doing it. In and that helps to decide which goals to focus on, which initiatives to go ahead with, and which to deprioritize. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just made me think of kind of one of my favorite kind of strategic questions or or sections I would put if I was trying to put a document together a proposal or something together and I wanted to persuade people to a way of thinking one of the things I would include is what is the impact of not doing this mm. so this is this idea about thinking about the trade-offs and thinking about the resource and say okay well you could say we're not going to invest some cash or some time in this but not doing that is going to have an impact and that still needs to be one of the options as well, which may help you move to the thing that you're trying to persuade people to do. If I'm not tying myself up in knots. Mm. So just being able to not, not necessarily accept, oh, okay, this is the way we always do it, or this is the way I've been told to do it, or this is the way it looks like we're going to do it. But just consider the alternatives, consider alternative allocations of resources, and consider the value or the impact that those particular combinations might have is this strategic skill of allocation. And you may already be doing some of, some of this stuff. Now, I'm, I, can see, I have the benefit of seeing Gem on screen here, and you're looking very quizzical. <laughs> What's going on? Well, what are you it occurs to me that what we can some what we sometimes fall into the trap of is getting really caught up in a fantastic idea or a fantastic initiative and if we haven't considered whether it's of a value or benefit to the customer which clearly there's either an external customer to the business or in the case of hr often the customer is the employee or the you know the business itself we we sort of get so wrapped up in the in in how good the idea is or the initiative is if we haven't connected it to whether it's of value and going to be useful and create an outcome that's going to be worthwhile it doesn't matter how good the initiative is if it's not going to give the benefit that's needed and i feel on the one hand how plainly obvious that is <laughs> <laughs> as a logic and then on the other hand how many times over my career I've probably fallen foul of what you, you what you're just describing which is you just get wrapped up in an idea of this is going to this is going to be a fantastic way of of, of organizing a particular aspect of the the HR offer and really yeah. it's we, we needn't do it because it's not actually something that people are going to value I'll tell you a really good example that's, that I think is quite tangible is when you look at benefits in an organization you know employee benefits yes and we can sort of say oh you know we could have this kind of private health care and we could have dental we could add optical we could we could enhance this we could do that and there are so many things we could do to create what could on paper look like an absolutely gold star benefits offer but if we've completely disregarded what employees might value, they might actually want another day's holiday or they might want something else. And they may not particularly value an enhanced private healthcare. And so that disconnect, I think, is, is what we're talking about here, which is actually understanding the value and the benefits of doing something and the risk of not doing it 
mm-hmm. um, in relation to something like enhancing or reviewing your your suite of benefits that you offer uh, in the business? Yeah, absolutely. We can get very stuck on an idea that we've had or that we've bought into and that can stop us seeing alternatives that may be of equal or greater value or equal or lower cost, for example. Mm-hmm. So this idea about allocation, so how you focus your your finite resources, how, how you, aware you are of what you've got and where it is, how you use that to inform your decision-making mm. and your decision-making based on trade-offs, risks and benefits. Mm-hmm. And then benefits then takes us to the third bit, which is competitive advantage. How can you use those to, to consider, well, we're always trying to look for competitive advantage mm. for some stakeholder group, either customers, internal customers, um, or whatever. So this idea of allocating resources, how savvy are you with resources, I suppose, how you how you plan mm. people's time, how you spend the money mm. is a core strategic skill. And some of this stuff or you will already be doing. So thinking about how do I show up? How do I handle resources? You might be a genius about it. You might already be really good at some of this stuff. You just hadn't thought of it in those terms. So that's allocation. We've done acumen, we've done allocation, and we've got action left. Fab, yeah. So the third one, action. Yes. Which is action. getting it, getting on with it. Yes. Getting on with it. I have a postcard on my wall next to my desk, which is one of my favorite professional mantras, I like to call it, which simply says, get shit done. And is uh, and this one is all about literally getting stuff done. And so we talk about strategic versus tactical. Well, what we should be talking about just strategic and tactical, because the tactical is the getting shit done. And so it's very unlikely that anyone is going to only ever be strategic. You have to be able to deliver as well. So the action is the is the is the is the execution of a strategy. Mm. It's the tactical bits, the, the the limbs of of that strategy, and it's got to be part of uh, a, a sort of a strategic suite of behaviours. So let's not undervalue being able to get stuff done because we think it's tactical. We still need that as well as the strategic thinking. So you you've, it's part of the toolkit, and it should be valued as as such. It's just making sure we link those actions to the strategy so they're not standalone actions but within action so we've got three elements within action so these are things that you can consider how well you show up and the first one is simply about collaboration how well can I firstly work and get on with other people get them on side influence them but also understand their point of view understand what's important to them understand their objectives what they're trying to achieve so it's kind of having that all-round view of other people so that I'm not just coming at this through my through my lens through the eyes of my department through the eyes of my team collaboration comes from having empathy with other people's point of view and understanding that they may bring something different to the table which is probably a value Mm. so that's the first one around action is how well you collaborate. So again, this may well be something that you're already very strong at. And if not, then thinking about not just how can I bring other people in, but how can I understand what the world looks like from their point of view as well, what's important to them, what their goals are and how they like to go about getting stuff done. So it's already going a bit further than my assumption when you started describing action, which is what we're doing. It's actually more how we do it as well. 
Yes, because I guess these are, this is a sort of behavioral framework. Mm. It's how we show up as much as what is the stuff that's being done. But mm. these ones are in particularly in relation to how stuff gets done. Mm. So collaboration is the first one. Second one, execution, which is quite straightforward, really get shit done. And I would imagine that most people are pretty good at this. Um, well, I say that, actually, that's one of my weak points. As a strategist, I have been in often in a lucky position. I say lucky, I don't know if it is lucky, in the position of being focused more on strategic thinking and less on getting stuff done. Mm. And that is a weak spot for me because strategy with no execution is hot air. Mm. You know, mm. so we, we really do need the execution. And many people are very, very good at, at executing elements of a strategy. Well, I have a really strong driver for getting stuff done. JFDI yeah is is my is my version of myers briggs because i <laughs> 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 it's my preferred four letter acronym um because i do think that jfdi really just sums up a lot of what how i've approached work in general in, uh, in the interest of inclusion do you think there's anyone listening who doesn't know what jfdi stands for ah uh, just do it thank you <laughs> But so yes, we've got influence and we've got execution. Well, I'm guessing there's a third one because there is. there's been a, it's been three, three, three throughout. Well, three, three in the last two. So, have and we yes. got a third one in this well, we, one? We strategists do like three symmetry. We like threes. We like symmetry. Yeah. Um, the last one is is quite an interesting one because it's personal performance. It's how you manage yourself and how you look after yourself. Because I think we all know that people that seem to be in charge of themselves who are able to bring some level of emotional regulation, some level of time management, some level of going, when is enough enough? I'm going to switch off and take some time off and step away from this and then come back to it. Some level of self-care to the table are the people that actually we admire uh, as being quite professional and therefore potentially quite strategic, as opposed to the people that we see running around like headless chickens, mm. trying to get stuff done and actually just running themselves into the ground and not being able to take a step back and go, hold on, what needs to happen here? Probably what needs to happen here is that I need to take a lunch break and then come back to this slightly fresher. Or I need to have a proper weekend and I need to rest before I think about it. So there's some element here of how you are able to manage yourself mm. that shows up as a strategic skill. And, and this one was really interesting to me because I, I hadn't really thought about it. But if you've got someone who is caught up in an emotional response to what's going on around mm. them, they're unlikely to be able to detach and say, hold on a second, let's zoom out, look at the big picture, which, as we've discussed before, a key strategic skill. If you're caught up in um, because you're tired, because you're hungry, because you're stressed out, you're overworked, you're burnt out, you need a holiday, you need a break, mm. you're trying to please everybody, all of these all of these um, ideas, if you're not able to go, hold on a second, are we going down a rabbit hole here? Mm. Are we using our best thoughts here? Do we need to take a break and zoom out and go, what is needed at big picture level rather than getting caught, tangled up in those weeds? Yes. Those are the skills that will support strategic thinking is being able to zoom out and recognize when something needs to be addressed rather than just getting continually caught up in the weeds. Yeah, I think this is, it's it's so interesting because I think this is one that's, undervalued or underplayed an awful lot 
I see this one as an enabler to the first two, because in order to be able to impact, influence, you know, ensure that whatever it is that you're doing lands well and you you convince people uh, to, to collaborate and all of that. And in order to execute, get it all done, get it sorted, you actually need the enabler, which is you being yes. in a, a fit and healthy and the right mindset and having that capacity mm. to operate effectively. I, I often use the word capacity when I'm sort of working with with, with coachees because yeah. capacity actually is often at the root of so many things, so many issues, so many challenges that we experience because it's not that we don't have the skill to do it. It's yes. perhaps that we haven't got the capacity to apply that skill and that often gets in the way. So I love that. Love that. Yes. I'll, yeah. I'd, I think it, you're absolutely right. It's a good way of looking at it. That is an enabler being able to objectively look at how am I showing up? Am Mm. I showing up like a headless chicken in this meeting? Mm. Am I showing up as somebody who's going, okay, I recognize that I'm a bit stressed because I've just been in a difficult meeting. Mm. Who else needs to take five minutes before we start discussing this Mm. big heavy topic, for Mm. example? I mean, it could be something as minute as that, Mm. because probably someone else in the room would appreciate that too. Mm. Or even small things like doing a check-in before you actually start the conversation if you if you're in a meeting or a conversation with somebody mm. um but just being able to recognize what do i need in order to bring my best self mm. to this piece of work um is a strategic thought because you're thinking you're thinking big picture mm. um, yeah. and that that fundamentally is uh strategic mm, great so there we have our three a's acumen how you think Yes. Education, how you plan. Yes. And action, what do you do? Well, I challenge our listener (laughs) (laughs) to not feel able to tick some of those boxes as as something that you already do and that perhaps with some more intention and some more conscious thinking or some time just taking a step back and 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 looking at what you what you want to do and achieve in the next meeting or in the next month the next year whatever the time frame is how you can intentionally do a little more of all of those things to up your strategic game and yes absolutely and then even you bringing this as a framework to let's say you're talking to your line manager or some sort of support source of support that you have to say well here is what here is a framework for my personal development over the next three to six months even that looks strategic the fact that you have a framework absolutely (laughs) whether you call it the three a's or whether it's the what you think how you plan how you plan and what you do yeah but it's not quite as snappy is it no (laughs) but probably i'm still a little bit scared by the word acumen so is there not contact lenses called acumen (laughs) Well, I have a I have a very hate hate relationship with contact lenses, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> that's <on the> podcast. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you for bringing that to this podcast. I hope that you've found it useful and a, a nice context in which to sort of think about becoming a better strategic thinker, which I think was the the strap line in in the article. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your comments that you've sent in. We really appreciate we really appreciate them. I feel like a real podcast podcast hope. <laughs> I can say the words. I feel like a real podcast host when I say thank you for your lovely, lovely comments. Thanks from me too. That's all for now. So we'll be back again very soon. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Strategic Leader. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to access more of our recordings. And if you think it'd be useful for someone else, please forward to them and leave a review. We base our content on questions we are regularly asked and what you want to know more about. So please do email us with any questions or comments to Gemma at gemmabullivant.co.uk. And remember, you're already being more strategic than you realize.